Amen. Well, it's wonderful to be in the house this fine evening. Baptism service. Thank you to everybody that's come out tonight in support of these candidates. If you have your Bibles, John chapter 14. John 14, beginning of verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This statement, this declaration, this announcement, this reality, this fact changes everything for us. See, every other way leads to a dead end. Every other truth leads to a dead end. Every other life leads to a dead end. Truth does not change based on us. Truth does not change based on our understanding. Truth does not change based on our want or desire. Truth is not based, it does not change based on our commonality. And truth does not change and it does not go away because we ignore it, suppress it, reject it. I want to share the words of Watchman Nee with you this evening. A person who claims to be God must belong to one of three categories. First, if he claims to be God and yet in fact is not, he has to be a madman or a lunatic. Second, if he is neither God nor a lunatic, he has to be a liar deceiving others by his lie. Third, if he is neither of these, he must be God. You can only choose one of the three possibilities. If you do not believe that he is God, you have to consider him a madman. If you cannot take him for either of the two, you have to take him for a liar. There is no need for us to prove if Jesus of Nazareth is God or not. All we have to do is find out if he is a lunatic or a liar. If he is neither, he must be the Son of God. C.S. Lewis said these words, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, 
or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Now it seems to me obvious that he was neither a lunatic nor a fiend. And consequently, however strange or terrifying or unlikely it may seem, I have to accept the view that he was and is God. This is the truth. This is the reality tonight. Patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left this option open to us. We either claim that he's a madman, that he's a lunatic, or we fall before his feet and we surrender. And we choose him as Lord, we choose him as Savior. We make the decision, we make it our conviction, our reality that he is who he says. We can't pick and choose. We have to believe that he is the Son of God and that he is God. John 5.18, therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. In 1 John 5, verses 19 and 20, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. You may have heard this before. For many, this is a familiar lesson. This is a familiar topic. Many of us here tonight know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. But we all have a decision to make concerning Jesus. Every single one of us in this room, every person alive, every person that's ever breathed breath, we all have a decision to make concerning Jesus. It is the greatest decision we will ever make. It is the most serious decision we will ever make. It is the boldest decision we will ever make, and it's the most influential decision we will ever make. The decision to take Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life changes everything. I wonder tonight, has your conviction ever been proven wrong? Have you ever sat in a classroom and when truth has been presented, you knew what you believed all this time was wrong? Has there ever been a moment when you discovered the way you were going about something was all wrong? Have you ever had an encounter when you came to an understanding of personal error, yet before that moment you would have staked your life on that error? Do we know Jesus? Do we believe in Jesus? Do we believe who he says he is? Do we accept him as Savior and Lord? We can't simply take pieces of Jesus and create our own Jesus. This option has not been left open to us. At the end of life, all other questions, all the other questions we've answered won't matter. 
the answers we've given concerning these questions are all that will matter. Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the way. Jesus is the way. Jesus Christ is the only way back to the Father. Jesus Christ is the only way to get to the Father. Jesus Christ is the only way back to right relationship with God. There is no other way. Narrow is the road. And the reality is that we have all sinned and we have all fallen short of the glory of God because of the sin of Adam and Eve at the beginning, at the beginning of time. And we can read about this. We read about this history in the book of Genesis. If you don't know about this history, get yourself a Bible or take the Bible off the shelf. Or if you want a Bible tonight at the end of the service, we'd be happy to give you one. We read about this history in the first book of the Bible. And because of the sin of Adam and Eve at the beginning of time, because of this, we all need a Savior. We're all born into sin. We're all sinners in need of a Savior, in need of the grace of Jesus Christ. We need Him, and we need to accept Him as the way. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We've all committed wrong and we've all done wrong for us to stand here tonight and say we've never sinned. We know that that is not true. If we truly search ourselves, if we're honest with ourselves, we know that we've all erred. We've all sinned. Everyone in this room has thought wrong. All of us in this room have talked wrong. We've walked wrong. We've lied. We've cheated. We've lusted. We've been self-focused. And the list goes on. And here is where the great call of the Bible comes into play. Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You say, well, what does it mean to repent? To repent is to acknowledge our wrongdoing and to fall in surrender before Jesus Christ, the only one who can wash away our sins. We all need a Savior. We all need Jesus. We all need to take Jesus as the way. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Jesus is the truth. He's not just a truth. He is the truth, and we must accept him as the truth. And this truth of who he is, the reality, changes our truth. It changes everything. This is the greatest decision we will ever make, the most important question that you will ever answer, that I will ever answer, that any person will ever answer. The greatest question is not some philosophical question. The greatest question is, who do you say I am? The greatest question that we will answer is, what will you do with Jesus? Do you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Do you believe that he is the Son of God and that he is God? Do you believe that he left heaven's throne? Do you believe that he came? Do you believe that he lived a perfect and sinless and spotless life? Do you believe that he died the most brutal death on the cross for you? Do you believe that he was buried in the tomb? Do you believe that he rose? 
Do you believe that he rose three days later? What will we do with Jesus? Do we accept him as a way, and that's okay for some? Or do we take him as our way? Do we accept the truth, all his truth, not just taking pieces? Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he declared that he is the life. Jesus Christ, he is the life. He is the life to rescue us, the gift of God to ransom our souls. He is the life to lead us, the gift of God to govern our souls. He is the life to feed us, the gift of God to sustain our souls. He is the life to bless us, the gift of God to bring true meaning and satisfaction to our souls. You see, this is, this is more than just about getting a ticket to heaven. Jesus Christ has to become our way, our truth, and our life. It changes everything. It's not just about coming to a church and hearing somebody talk or sitting with a believer, whether that be a friend, a coworker, a stranger, listening to them talk and simply saying, yes, I'd like a ticket to heaven. This decision to serve Jesus changes everything. And we must accept him as the way, the truth, and the life. Matthew 16, verses 13 to 19. When Jesus came into the region, the Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say? that I am. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The Passion Translation reads, Who do you say that I am? Jesus asked. Simon Peter spoke up and said, You are the anointed one, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, You are favored and privileged, Simon. Simeon, son of Jonah. For you didn't discover this on your own, but my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. You know what my prayer is tonight? That the Father, and I believe he is, is supernaturally revealing this truth. The Holy Spirit is at work in this room. The Lord is at work in this room. We're about to hear great testimonies. We're about to hear a declaration and confession of faith from 15 candidates tonight. As this revelation flows in this place, we all have to decide what we will do with Jesus. Do you know that this might be our day of visitation? This might be your one day of visitation, your moment of visitation in this house tonight. Who do you say that Jesus is? What will you do with Jesus? We can have the worship team return. Tonight there are individuals who have answered the great question, who do you say that I am? We're about to hear from them. We're about to stand with them. We're here tonight as family. We're here tonight as friends. We're here tonight to encourage them, to witness, to witness this step.
Do they know Jesus? Yes. Do they believe in Jesus? Yes. Do they believe he is who he says he is? Yes. Do they accept him as Savior and Lord? And the answer is yes. When we surrender to Jesus, we begin this great journey. You might be here tonight. You were invited to this baptism service. You don't really get it. The Bible says, repent, be baptized. This is only right and only fitting for the Christian, for the believer. This is the next step in our walk with the Lord. And this is a great step in our walk with the Lord. Water baptism is a time of public confession of faith. It is where we stand before witnesses, everybody here tonight, where we stand in the water announcing the end of an old life. And the Bible likens it to a watery grave where the old is put to death and we rise in newness of life. This is the promise. This is the reality. Let's stand tonight. Lord, we thank you that we can be gathered here tonight, gathered in this place. Lord, I thank you for every person that's come. Lord, I thank you for the faithful believers that are in this room tonight that have come here, Lord. Father, be a part of this great moment in history. Lord, this miraculous moment in history. God, I pray that we would never downplay water baptism. I pray that even as the enemy would try and come to downplay the importance of this ordinance of God, I pray, Lord, we would be those that respect it and honor it. Give it the honor and respect it deserves because, Lord, tonight, this is not just about natural water, God. Lord, it's not just some religious duty or some religious act, but Lord, this is, this is a part of relationship with you. The Bible says, repent, be baptized, and be filled with the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Holy Ghost. And Lord, I, I thank you tonight. Lord, I thank you that we can be here and witness this. Lord, that we can be here and encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, I pray that every testimony that is shared tonight Lord, would bring the change that you so desire in this room, in hearts and lives. And I pray, Lord, as the testimonies go forth, God, that you would reveal the truth of who Jesus is. You'd reveal the truth of who Jesus is. And Lord, I pray if there's anybody here tonight in this room that has not accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray that tonight would be a night of salvation. Lord, we just declare it in this room tonight. I pray, Lord, it's the greatest miracle. And Lord, we just ask tonight that you would work on hearts in these next moments. In Jesus' name, amen.